Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 101 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels here from Sandusky, Ohio, and I'm glad that you're listening. And quite frankly, I'm glad that I'm talking. I know that sounds a little pompous, but it'll make sense in just a moment. Now, before we dive into the episode, I do want to remind you that you can find everything related to the podcast at my website, yankonthefooty.com. And if don't forget, if you want to help out the show, you can go to the Buy Me a Coffee page there or go to my uh, Redbubble store page there as well. Uh, one other piece of business as we get going here, I just added something on the toolbar at the top of the website. Uh, there's a little tab up there that says Register as a Guest. Now, I'm not opening up a hotel, but uh, if you are somebody who is interested in being a guest on the podcast, and uh, maybe I've not reached out to you because I, I don't know you as of this point in time, you've listened and you think that this would be a great platform for you to come on and talk footy, I'd love to have you reach out to me there. There's a button up there. There's a spot for you to fill out a little bit of information about yourself and uh, some uh, some of your background and your Twitter and your Instagram and that type of thing so I can check things out. There's also a, uh, a guest uh, release form there, um, just a little standard thing that it's included, so I think it's not a bad thing to have there. So if you want to sign up as a guest, uh, That'll then send me an email saying that somebody has responded to that. I'm always looking for people to talk to about the game. Maybe you know somebody who you think would be a great guest for the show that I don't know about at this point in time. By all means, send them a link to the website and tell them, hey, you know what? This would be a great platform for you to come on and talk about, about the game that you love. So it'd be great if you would want to do that. Uh, again, that's at the top of my website, yankonthefooty.com. Uh, today's club of the episode are the Burley Bombers. And the Bombers are associated with the Burley Sports Club in uh, Burley, a southern Gold Coast suburb, and have both senior and junior clubs where they say that they, quote, offer a true pathway for all participants to whatever level and ability they desire to achieve. And Burley has clubs both in the men's and women's sides going all the way down from age six up to the seniors. And this weekend on the 28th, they faced the Carrara Devils, excuse me, the Carrara Saints, um, in a Definitely got that one wrong. In a qualifying final at 2.15 at the Bill Godfrey Oval in Burley. So best of luck to the Bombers as they go on and play in a qualifying final this weekend. You can find all about it, all about the club. they got some sharp-looking Guernseys as well at BurleyBombers.com. I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. So before we get into the, uh, the games of this round, uh, round 23 and into the finals, because I'm not going to be doing a separate tipping episode this week, um, I did want to give a big shout out of congratulations to Chris Judd on his induction to the Hall of Fame. He was joined by Nathan Burke of St. Kilda and Rob Wiley, who previously played with Richmond as well as in Perth. And they were also joined by the first woman to be inducted to the Hall of Fame and definitely not the last. So Debbie Lee was elected. She's a pioneer in women's football. Terrific to see her get into the hall. She uh, was integral in helping to get the AFLW started. She was involved in uh, the, the game in Victoria as the game was starting to be, become available to, to women. Uh, and she was quoted on the Roar.com in an in a, uh, interview she did with AFL.com.au that uh, she said, I dreamt it would become televised, the game, of course, fully f- a, a, a televised, fully-fledged competition, but we probably got there quicker than I expected. And I have to tell you, I, again, I love the fact that, that women's footy is on, that the AFLW is on. It is a fantastic game to watch, and I can't wait to talk more about that in the coming months, although I did see that there's 
a possibility that the December, December start time might get moved back a little bit. I'm guessing that's COVID-related. I just saw a little headline on that as I was putting some things together this evening. Um, and as she went on to say, it's nice to be acknowledged, but the most important thing is that I won't be the last. And, and I think that's very true that she won't be the last. I can, I can think of one person right now who will be there very, very soon. Um, and so congratulations to the, uh, the new Hall of Famers. And, you know, folks, the finals are here. You know, these 23 rounds have absolutely flown by. I don't know about you, but I'm at the point right now where I'm thinking, what am I going to do for the next couple of months while I'm waiting for the women's footy to start? Because this is just about done. We've got about a month left, and we're going to be done. We've got, what, uh, four, eight, nine games of footy left, I believe, before finals. That's it. And then the season is over. And I know that's a rather sobering thought there. So uh, did want to give a big shout out. Uh, congratulations and a hat tip and an uh, au revoir to uh, Sean Burgoyne and Eddie Betts. You know, two absolute uh, legends of the game. The game is better for you having played in it. And it's going to be worse off that the fact the fact that you're not involved in the game on the grounds anymore. And again, I, I mentioned last week, uh, Mr. Betts, I'm certainly thrilled to see where your career goes next. Uh, with your efforts, it's going to be an absolutely fantastic uh, thing to see. Now, uh, I had planned, you know, since I'm back in school now, I'm a school teacher by trade. We have a couple of staff days this week, and the students come back to school on Thursday. I'm recording this on a Tuesday evening. It's about 10 o'clock my time here on the East Coast of the United States. And I planned on doing a, a detailed recap of round 23. I was going to sit down and write that out and record that this evening. But as I'm recording this tonight, I had a, I'm just going to put it out there and be honest with you. I had a little bit of a health scare earlier today. Uh, I had a very significant spike in my blood pressure. Well, and maybe it wasn't a spike, but it's the highest number that I had ever seen it recorded as. And I don't get it checked very often. And I'm going to use a technical term here, but it was one of those holy shit type moments. Um, now, at school, one of the things they do for us each year is they do a quick, uh, you know, to help keep the, the premiums of our health insurance and such down a little bit. They offer a, a wellness checkup. Now, I normally go to my primary care physician every year, year and a half, and get blood work done in a physical and that type of thing and keep on top of things. But uh, I hadn't been since COVID had been going on because he's been busy with other things. Well, my, like I said, my blood pressure was was sky high. I didn't know numbers went that high as far as blood pressure went. So I, I reached out. You know, the, the, the nurses who were from the local hospital said, you should probably reach out to your primary care physician, to your doctor. So I called the doctor's office. And I've been visiting this doctor for well over 20 years. And I talked to his receptionist. And this is a, a he's part of a huge conglomerate of physicians. It's it This business has grown exponentially over the last 15 years they've moved into a huge new facility um they do a fantastic job but they've, they've grown i i've kind of joked that getting an audience with him is kind of like trying to get an audience with the pope it's not going to happen but when it does it's usually going to be a really good experience um but you know i my my blood pressure has always been a little bit on the high side uh, maybe it's just you know the job of teaching and just how we kind of go through life or maybe I, I just deal with stress in a different way you know, and I'm sure some of it can be attributed to my affinity for cheeseburgers and pizza. Okay. Um, but I reached out to his, uh, his office and, you know, I, I 
gave the receptionist the numbers and she said, you should go to the hospital right now. I said, well, I appreciate that. I said, but since you do have an opening, because he had a cancellation. Now, if he did not have an opening today, I probably would have gone to the hospital. But I was able to get in and see him. And when I went in, I told him, I said, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I have to, you know, get my uh, metaphorical kick in the ass uh, of him telling me to get serious about some things. OK, because uh, and, and, and folks, I'm, I'm going to kind of lay some cards out on the table here today. That things that I don't generally talk about, they're, they're obvious, of course, if you see me in person, but uh, it's not something that I generally put out there in public. So I'm kind of getting away from footy here right now, but uh, I just, you know, I just wanted to, to kind of put this out there so you, you know where I'm coming from and what's going on here. Um, but like I said, I, I figured this was, you know, I've been going to him for well over 20 years and this was going to be where he was going to give me that that uh, metaphorical kick in the butt. Um, and I, and I, I joked that I was going to, you know, um, be having either a metaphorical or a literal come to Jesus meeting today if I didn't get my shit together. Uh, and he, he, he and I have always joked, yeah, he's got a great sense of humor. I've had both of his children as students in my classes over the years, two fantastic young people that have grown up to do tremendous things. Uh, you know, he's, he's a fantastic physician. I think one of the, one of the best physicians in this area. Now, you know, I, you know, I, I think I should be okay. He's put me on some medication, which I will actually begin tomorrow morning when I get up around five o'clock in the morning. And, you know, and I do, t- I'm not going to go through my whole laundry list of, of medications, but I just I kind of need to tell you where, where I am and how I got to, to this point. Okay. So, um, by the way, I there's I could also stand to lose a few dozen kilos as well, uh, probably more than that. But that's going to be the next thing that I have to tackle. And I, I'll be honest, I don't when I tackle it, I don't care if I slam its head into the turf and give give those things a concussion. Um, but almost ten years ago, I uh, I had lost over forty five kilos, and I had actually done a thing through the local newspaper where it was documented every week, where I had to write a story about it. And there were pictures and that sort of thing. And, and there was a lot of accountability. And I felt great. You know, I'd kind of hit a plateau or a wall, if you will, where I'd gotten to the weight that I'd gotten to. But I, st- I felt great. I actually I actually ran two 5Ks. I ran parts of them. I didn't run the whole damn thing because, let's be honest, I was an old fat guy still. Uh, but I, 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 did, I ran parts of them. I ran most of them. Um I'll be honest, the first one I went out on, I, I started hauling butt out there. My son ran cross country. He was a runner in school. And I'd go out and run, you know, watch him and go to different parts of the, the courses he's running around and cheer him on. And I, I got out there way too too quickly the first time I did a 5K, and I was like, boy, I've got a long way to go still here. I struggled through that one. Got a little better the second time around. Uh, but, you know, I was feeling good. But unfortunately, when I came back to school that fall, now, I typically had taught two different courses during the course of the day. I had two different types of, of classes that I taught. The same, I taught one class usually four times a day and then the other one twice a day. Well, when I came back that year, I was teaching five distinctly different courses. So it was going to, you know, three brand new courses that I had not taught before. So there was all that preparation work each and every day for those courses, along with the ones that I had been doing for quite some time. And it absolutely ate into, bad pun there, um, all of my free time. I mean, I, enjoy, I loved going to the gym. I was going to the gym six days a week, 
Now, the gym that I used to go to actually is now closed. Now, it didn't close because of me. It was actually part of the same uh, organization that my doctor works at, but they decided to turn it into some other facilities there because they were not getting nearly as much uh, um, of a clientele there that they wanted to have. So I was teaching five different courses. It was taking up all of my time. I was announcing uh, football and soccer games and volleyball. I was running our school's model United Nations programs at both the high school and junior high levels. I was busier than hell. So a lot of those habits that I'd gotten out of, I got back into. Now, and I became you know really discouraged, and I gained most of the weight back. Most of it over the, the course of the last decade has come back on. So as I was saying, the batteries in my uh, recording device just shut off on me there, so I had to replace the batteries really quickly there. Yeah, I had gained most of the weight back, and, and I really became discouraged about it, got depressed. I mean, I, I dealt with depression before, and you know, I've not been in the gym in several years. I mean, I still walk my dogs occasionally. I work in my garden, that sort of thing. But, you know, I, it was certainly not, it was not compensating for the, uh, the, the amount that I was consuming, you know, that what I was doing in terms of trying to exercise it away, whether you use an E or an O there, exercise, uh, it wasn't enough, okay? You know, now I'm, I'm 58 years old, and I lost my father when he was 59, okay? Uh, next year, to be honest with you, scares the absolute living hell out of me because I'm going to be 59 next year. Uh, I guess I, I'm looking forward to being 60, okay? I guess maybe I won't celebrate my 59th birthday, but my 60th birthday, if I get to have it, I'll celebrate that one. Now, fortunately, I don't drink. Well, I shouldn't say. I don't smoke. I do drink occasionally a beer here and there. You know, uh, I'm completely the opposite side of the coin of my father. I have a long, as uh, you may remember back from uh, episode 100, the interview that uh, Harper Pestinger did with me, um, I have a long family history of alcoholism in my family, and I just, uh, I was really, I, I really try to avoid that. Now, I'll, I'll be honest, I sat down, I had a beer with my dinner this evening. Now, I didn't have much else besides that at all with my dinner or anything of that nature. Um, but it was what happened to be handy at that point in time. You know, so, I, yeah, I've made some decisions, some serious ones this afternoon. And it's going to take a hell of a lot of hard work for me and a lot of determination but I do want to get my health back on track again. Now, am, am I gonna am I gonna have a six pack, like they say on television? No, that's not gonna happen. I'm well past that. I might have a uh, what do you what do you call it in uh, Australia? I might have a slab, if you will. Okay, I guess what a twenty four pack. I might have a slab, but I'm not gonna have a six pack. Now, again, like I said when I came home today. It, and, and maybe you don't want to hear this stuff about me, and, and I apologize if this is uh, what you didn't want to hear or you don't want to hear this sort of thing. But I, I, as I tell my students, I don't lie to them. You know, I, I, I teach a government class, and, I, and I, I point out in my class where government, both sides of the aisle, left and right, center, where people are making mistakes because they're elected officials. They're human beings just like we are. And, and they screw up. So I, I tend to be rather pragmatic, rather honest. Uh, I have a series of over 450 quotations hanging up in my classroom. And I have one that is printed in color. And it's an Oscar Wilde quote 
that I have prominently displayed in the front of the classroom. And it's, it's the one that I hope my students notice more than any of the other ones. And it says, true friends stab you in the front. To me, that as a high school teacher, that is a really important statement to make to, to 16, 17, 18-year-old kids because there can be so many instances of where people will go behind somebody else's back and say things about them uh, without them knowing it. And, and I try to eliminate that. So if, there's, if there's a problem, talk to somebody directly. They'll appreciate that from you. They'll appreciate your honesty and your pragmatism. So... I wanted to share some of that stuff with you today just because it's been it's been kind of a crazy day because I had the, those tests done this morning at about nine o'clock in the morning and I just had I had no idea where this was going to go. You know, I didn't know if I was going to be in the hospital. I didn't know if I'd ever be uh, putting out a podcast episode ever again. I uh, didn't know if I'd be watching the cats play Port Adelaide on Friday morning here. I had no idea what was going to happen. And in a way, I guess I still technically don't, but I feel significantly better than I did about 12 hours ago. I feel a little bit more relaxed. You know, when I go to bed here in a couple of hours, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feel much better about, uh, about how the day went than how the day started, okay? So enough about that. You know, think good thoughts about me, though. If you, if you, if you want to send me, you know, a hey, wish you the best of luck or something of that nature in a, in a, in a message on Twitter or in, you know, in a message on, on my website or in an email or something like that, that'd be greatly appreciated. You don't have to do that sort of thing. If you want to say, hey, fat ass, get off your butt and go do something, yeah, I need that, okay? Um, I'd prefer that in an email rather than, like, out on Twitter, but uh, you're going to do what you're going to do, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I said, I, I wanted to come in and talk about the... Uh, the games from a little bit from round 23, I have announcing to do the next couple of nights, so I will not be able to do a separate episode uh, where I get into my tips for round 23. So I'm going to do those today, a little bit shortened version. They're going to kind of be blind tips because I I don't necessarily know who's in or out. I did hear that there's a possibility that uh, Mitch Georgiades might be back in, on the side for uh, Port Adelaide this week. I did see... Uh, and I've got it written down here, and it'll show up again here in a couple minutes. I did see from Mitch Cleary, he had posted up on Twitter, that uh, Mitch Duncan will be back in the side for the Cats this week, so that's a huge in for the Cats. Hopefully he's healthy and ready to go, because they could certainly use his steadiness in the midfield. Um, so, this was a crazy round 23. You had a couple blowouts. You had you know club fall out of the top four. You had another draw. How many is that this year? Three draws? I can't recall there being that many in a season um, recently. Maybe a couple, but I haven't recalled three. So this is Clarko's last game with the Hawks. And, and the Lions, you know, they, they finished that precarious, uh, uh, precipitous climb back into the top four. This is a club that a lot of people had written off because they'd had about a month where they played really lousy footy. And they battled back. And they did what they had to do. Uh, at the at the end of their game to to get that double chance, you know they knocked the Bulldogs out of that. Um, you know Port Adelaide, you know beat them, but if Brisbane didn't win by a significantly large enough margin in their game, then they were going to have a chance to still stay stay in the four. Okay, but Brisbane did. I think they had to win by like thirty five points. I believe it was. The D's, they had a furious comeback against the Cats. Okay, you know I'm. 
and as I was watching it on on Saturday morning, and I had to watch it kind of in pieces because uh, I had uh, a couple of football games to announce on Saturday morning, and you know, so I got to watch basically the first half before the game started, and then I tried watching the second half on my phone while the game was going on, and while there were you know there were you know music playing in the pregame and that type of thing. And I missed things here and there during the second half. And I haven't gone back. To, I have not gone back to rewatch it yet. But I did see enough that the that the the D's, you, you can't do anything more than tip your cap to them. You know, you have to be impressed with what they did. Um, you know, I, based upon what I noticed, uh, you know, the Cats they you know, they looked for, they looked fantastic in the first half. But they kind of played a slow down, eat up the clock, eat up the time kind of game. From what I was able to gather in the second half. And and if those of you who follow the NFL as well, those of you who are NFL fans, you might have heard of the term the prevent defense or the prevent defense if you don't want to emphasize the first e there. Uh this has been around for a while where if a team had a somewhat significant lead or a lead of a couple touchdowns or 10 points or something of that nature with a little bit of time left on the clock that they would uh they would play defense where the defensive backs, the people who are defending the receivers would move a little bit further away to allow the receivers to catch the ball in front of them, make the tackles, keep the clock running, prevent them from getting over the top and behind them and allowing a, a touchdown to be scored and then a you know an onside kick and they get the ball back and that type of thing and they're able to go ahead and you know try to come back in, in the game. It's kind of what it looked like the cats were doing. They were just trying to eat up the clock and then and then the D's just kept saying that's great. We'll just go score. We'll go score some more. We'll go score some more. And the cats could not get themselves back into gear. And, you know, I, like I said, I, I just, uh, I can't, I can't not give the D's the credit that they deserve for winning that game because they, they did. I mean, they, as much as I am disappointed by the game, I, I'm not going to say that the cats lost the game. The D's won that game. I mean, yeah, Yes, the Cats did not win the game. They're fi- they finished third on the ladder. But what I'm saying is that the Cats didn't do enough to, to win, but they – oh, what the hell, I don't know what I'm talking about here. But just, you know, hat tip to the Ds for for having played as well as they did, okay? You know, Max Gaughan had a fantastic game. Uh, is he the best ruck in the game? I think that's that's very likely the case. He's all over the place. You know, Kazi Pickett had a fantastic game as well. And, and I wonder – have the cats not yet quite figured out how to overcome the loss of Tom Stewart? Now they they got coupled with the fact that that Zach Tui's not out there as well. Uh, so you know they've had a couple of you know injuries. As like I said, uh, you know it's looking like Mitch Duncan's going to be back this week. But you know having lost two significant veteran components from your defense uh, when you're a club that that prides itself in defense has been kind of hard to overcome. Okay, you know. Sydney GWS Essendon, they all did what they had to do to get into the finals. Uh, you know, the, and this is, this would be a great time for me to to say yet again that yes, in fact, I did tip Essendon to finish seventeenth this year. So I was only off by nine spots. That's not too bad. I was only off by nine spots with the uh, with the Bombers there. So it's not too shabby. So as of this week, you know, they've got a couple games being played in Adelaide and a couple games being played at the University of Tasmania. And, and I think this is absolutely a, a wonderful arrangement that the AFL has made with Tasmania. And I'm hoping, actually, that they play one of the games in the next round in Tasmania as well. Because, let's be honest, Tasmania saved their bacon this year. The way that uh, 
the way that Queensland did last year, the way that the GABA um, did last year, uh, you know, the, the way that Metricon did last year, you know, they rewarded, you know, Metricon with, or the GABA with having the grand final there. I'm not saying have the grand final in Tasmania. That'd be really interesting, though. Uh, but they certainly should be commended um, for hosting, I think it was close to 20 games there this year that were played in Tasmania. So let's get into the games for this weekend. I want to uh, go through these. You know, I, I guess I'm going to go through my tips here. You got Port Adelaide hosting Geelong. You know, the Cats, in many ways, they're similar to the Bulldogs. They've backed their way into the finals. They've lost two out of three. Two out of three at home. You know, they had a chance of playing, you know, being the, the home finalist. Uh, maybe they would, you know. You know, had they, had they won, they would have been playing Brisbane. So I guess they still could have gone to, uh, to play at the Adelaide Oval. But it would have been nice to have them be able to play a home game at GMBHA. Um, like I said, Mitch Cleary has stated that Duncan's going to be back in the side for the first time since round 14. You know, last year the Cats lost in the qualifying final to Port Adelaide. This year, I, I think they turned the table on them. I just I just have a hunch. They played sluggish football. It's Tom Hawkins' 300th game. I just think they're going to find some magic at the Adelaide Oval this week. And it's going to be an extraordinarily close game, okay? It's going to be an extraordinarily close game. Um, I think they finally figure out how to compensate for, for Tom uh, Stewart not being out there. Okay, I've got the Cats winning this one by seven. I'm, I'm not saying it's a blowout at all. I, I won't. I won't be shocked if Port Adelaide wins it. But I, I'm going to go with the Cats here. I just have a hunch they get things figured out. That the that the the veterans on the club, fight, you know, that that Jeremy Cameron does what Jeremy Cameron's supposed to do, in conjunction with. Um, Tom Hawkins and Gary Rowan. And I think Brian Myers is going to have a special day as well. Okay. Now, the second game of the Adelaide Oval, you've got Melbourne hosting Brisbane. And, you know, Brisbane has looked like world beaters for the most of the last 10 rounds. They've won seven out of 10. This is a club that some people were arguing, are they going to, you know, they, they weren't going to make the four, and they were wondering, are they going to fall out of the eight? I mean, they had dropped off quite a bit. They were playing some pretty bad footy, but they've won seven out of 10. And they push they 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 push their way back into the top four, okay. They or you could say they kick their way back in, whatever you want to do. Um, I think you know it's uh, yeah the D's they showed their moxie against the Cats. This can be one hell of a, a ruck matchup, you know, between Oscar McInerney and uh, Max Gone. I mean, McInerney is a very form- formidable opponent for him. Yeah, I I think that you know, it's a great matchup of midfields, and uh, you know will the uh, you know. Will Charlie Cameron be able to have the kind of game that he needs to have to push Brisbane over the top? I I think it's going to be the case. I'm going with Brisbane to win this one by one goal, by six points. That's it. Okay? I've got Brisbane winning this one by just six points. Now, we move on to the Battle of Sydney, which uh, has been relocated to the University of Tasmania. And the Swans are hosting GWS. Now, the Swans have won seven out of eight. The Giants, four out of five. So these are two clubs that are playing pretty good football right now. Now, the Swans are still, you know, licking their wounds from having lost, you know, superstar Nick Blakey. Uh, I think they're going to figure out how to win this game. Okay, you know, you've got uh, you've got a, a guy who's on his quest to get to his 1,000 goals this year, or to get to his 1,000 goals. 
Does he want to get it done this year in the finals? Oh, wouldn't that be great if that happened? Wouldn't that be, if you're a Swan supporter, you want to see Max gone, you know, kick his thousandth goal in a, in a finals game. I'm sure you'd love to see it after the horn, the last kick of the grand final, winning it. So if you're a Swan supporter, that's ultimately what you want to see. Now, any, any of the other seven clubs, you don't want to see that at all. Uh, but uh, I do think that the Swans have enough to win this one. Okay, pretty significant injury list with the Giants, okay? I'm going to go with the Swans on this one by nine points. And the last game of finals this week, back at the University of Tasmania, and I know I, know I skipped around here. I did the two Adelaide games and the two Tasmania games here. The, uh, the GWS Sydney game, I believe, is being played before the uh, Melbourne game, if I'm not mistaken. So we've got the Bulldogs hosting the Essendon Bombers at the University of Tasmania. And the, and the Bulldogs are just like the Cats. They've backed into the finals. They've lost their last three games. They look a little bit vulnerable. And Essendon's won five out of seven. You know, I, I, I think the Bulldogs might be a more talented club on paper right now. But I'm not sure if that what's on paper can translate into an actual game situation here. Okay? You know, the Bulldogs seem to have not really adapted well from not having Josh Bruce out there. Uh, you know, it's great, great target inside 50, and, and he's gone. And they've got to figure out how, how do we replace him. And, you know, I tipped the Bulldogs to play in the grand final this year. And I'm thinking now that I might, yeah, I got him into the eight. I got him in the top five here. I'm thinking I might be wrong about that because I'm going to go with Essendon in this game. I just think I'm, Essendon's got the hot hand right now. I know there's that hot hand fallacy here, but I just I think Essendon is is playing pretty well together right now, and I've got them winning this one by 11 points, and giving the Bulldogs the summer to think about what might have been. Okay, so I've got the Bulldogs winning this one by 11. I've got Sydney beating JWS. I've got uh, the Cats beating Port Adelaide, and I've got Brisbane beating Melbourne. Maybe I'm wrong on all four of them. Maybe I got three right. Okay, so those are my tips. Again, I uh, for the first round of finals, um, hoping to be back with you again uh, next week. I do have uh, one interview that I still have not released yet. Uh, I still want to do some uh, discussions about my experiences uh, watching footy for the first time in person down in Cincinnati. I've not been able to sit down and cobble together my responses there. Because, again, I didn't do any interviews when I went to watch the USAFL Regional. I kind of did a little bit of observational commentary, if you will, what I was seeing out on the ground. Okay. So I still want to put that together for you as well. Uh, and don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, that you can find everything about the podcast on the website. I hope you'll check it out. I hope you'll sign up for the mailing list because when a new episode comes out, I'll send it to you as soon as it comes out. That way you don't have to wait for it to show up on Apple. You don't have to wait for it to show up on whatever uh, podcast listening site you happen to use, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, I guess Facebook is going to start having podcasts on there now. Um, they're going to start fact-checking podcasts, I guess, now then as well. Uh, <laughs> we, we shall see. You never know what Facebook is going to do. Uh, like I said, there's also the mailing list there. Uh, if you've got a question or a comment about a previous episode, you can leave a voicemail. You can leave a comment there, which I will add into uh, subsequent episodes. Again, if you want to help out the podcast, uh, the Buy Me a Coffee page is there. Uh, my Redbubble store page is there. I've got, I've got a new design that's done. 
I need to have the uh, the creator of it do a resize of it so I can put it together for anybody that might want to put it onto a shirt. Uh, again, don't forget, if you're interested in being a guest, check out the guest intake form on the website. It's up at the top. Like I said, I'll also have a link in the show notes. Uh, remember, you can find all the episodes on the website. Uh, they're also on your favorite podcast provider. And I uh, hope you'll consider giving a review over on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser or right on my website. There's a spot to leave a review there as well. And that way I can go ahead and share those reviews out on social media. It might encourage other people to turn tune into the podcast as well. Uh, don't forget that you can reach me by email at yankonthefooty at gmail.com, on Twitter at yank underscore on, and on Instagram and Facebook at a yank on the footy. Love to hear from you. Absolutely love engaging with uh, those of you who are footy fans. It's it's this is this is my passion. This is what I love to do. Okay, and in conjunction of this with this, I need to do some of the stuff that I need to do also, and that's getting myself healthy so I can continue to do the stuff that I love. So, yeah, I'm gonna keep working on that. I've got a wonderful treadmill behind me. I just need to actually get off my duff and go work on it. If I could figure out how to record an episode from the from the uh, treadmill, that probably wouldn't sound very good. So, ladies and gents, I want to thank you for listening. Uh, we're fans of our clubs. I know uh, those of you who are fans of 10 clubs were not in finals. I hope your offseason is, is beginning to go the way that you hope. Uh, if, you're finding a new, if you're getting a new coach, I hope you get the coach you want. If you're not getting a new coach... You know, players are being de- beginning to be delisted. Uh, we're starting to see movement. Of course, that won't really kick into fruition until after finals. But, you know, we all love this game, okay? Keep tabs on your friends, folks. I know that there are still lockdowns going on throughout Australia. Uh, there's talk about those kinds of things happening here in the U.S. I, I'm just going to say good luck with that. I'm not sure how that will go over here. Uh, many of you are battling going through these lockdowns. So reach out, talk to each other. Okay, I know you can't travel to go see people. Uh, if you're so inclined, uh, think a good thought about me as I begin this journey to get my health going right again and get my blood pressure back on track and you know, allow me to kind of chill, if you will. Um, also, one, one other thing, and I've been mentioning this in other episodes, if you've got a uh, sticker for a local footy club, if you're you know somebody who's involved in a local club, I've got my address in the show notes there. If you would, if you wouldn't mind, if you would, got one you want to drop in the mail, uh, or if you've got ones and you want to just shoot me an email and say, "Hey, send me a you know, self-addressed stamped envelope," especially if you're in the U.S., I'd love to do that. I'd love to get a you know a sticker for your club because I'm I'm looking at covering my desk in my classroom uh, with footy stickers. Um, I've got a long road in front of me, folks. Okay, and uh, and I need to start walking the damn thing, even if it is longer than five kilometers. So I don't have any premieres here telling me I can't go more than five kilometers, but uh, other than my feet telling me I can't do that. So, folks, again, I, I hope you'll consider sharing the podcast with your friends and family. I know I got really personal in this episode. There wasn't as much footy in this one as there, there typically is. I, I hope that didn't tune you off. Uh, I do hope that you'll consider sharing this podcast with your friends and family. And, uh, ladies and gentlemen, as always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later.
This has been episode 101 of Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter or at yankonthefooty at gmail.com. You can also find everything with the podcast at yankonthefooty.com. Thanks, ladies and gentlemen, for listening. I hope you'll consider subscribing and sharing the podcast with your friends and family. I will talk to you soon. Goodbye.